Devotion for the Dying Mary's Call to Her Loving Children by Venerable Mother Mary Potter Continuing Chapter 3 It seems to us that Bethlehem is sadder in some ways than Calvary. The fearful expectancy of what was to come must have been excruciating agony to the mother's heart. The anticipation of evil is always a most trying pain. Think then of Mary's gentle soul, continually kept on the rack, anticipating the future of her son. In saying my rosary, commencing with the joyful mysteries and entering into Our Lady's spirit, there seems to me a sense of relief when Calvary is reached. There it is finished. There the worst has arrived. There the work of Jesus is consummated. He has died that his children might live. He has died that the hour of others' deaths might be the hour of their birth to a glorious eternal life. He has died in grief and sorrow of soul that his children might die in peace and joy. He will die no more. He can die but once. Oh, but to Mary, the long, long anticipation of that death and Jesus himself was straightened till that day came. How earnestly Jesus longed for good, holy deaths. He saw the future of every individual, and the tears of the infant Jesus as they rolled down his cheeks were produced by as great a sorrow as those he shed in after years in Gethsemane. There were the infants of his own age lying in their mother's arms all around Bethlehem. He saw the probable unhappy end of many if they lived to manhood. No, he must save them. He longs for good deaths. And the executioners of Herod are the ministers of his tender love and mercy. Such are the ways of God. From a seeming evil springs a great good. Numbers of souls thus enter heaven who might never otherwise have been there. And the maternal heart of Mary is rejoiced by many children it might otherwise never have possessed. We love thee then, dear mother at Bethlehem, though we do not think of thee there as all in joy as do some. But we love thee, dearest mother, with Jesus in thy arms, beautiful model and picture of mothers. Open thy breast, dear mother, and draw us near to thy sweet maternal heart. I turn to you who really love Mary, and wish to imitate her. And I ask you, how can you become like to that most perfect mother, the one perfect mother, unless you are imitating her in her maternal love for others? If you studied the secrets of that sweet motherly heart, what lessons would you not learn? Mother love is the purest form of human love there is. I am the mother of fair love, speaks Mary in her office and those who meditate upon and strive to discover more and more the beauties of the heart of Mary are sweetly inebriated and delighted as infants at their mother's breasts draw and are satisfied with the milk the mother's heart bestows upon them. From the study of the motherly heart of Mary, we learn practice after practice most pleasing to God. From the daily practice of praying for infants yet in their mother's womb, to that which this work is written to inculcate, in the full belief 
that it is the most pleasing act of charity we can do to endear us to the heart of our mother, the practice of praying for those in the agony of death. But we must not forget that though our most earnest supplications are for those who are dying in sin and who are in danger of hellfire and of losing God forever, there are other souls in danger of dying and losing the sight of God forever, though not in danger of hell. I mean the souls of infants. The motherly heart of Mary yearns for those souls. Are they not redeemed by the blood of Jesus? Did he not die for them? Do they not therefore belong to her? If they have bad, bad mothers, must not she supply their mother's place? If through their mother's neglect or carelessness they are in danger of dying without baptism, without the blood of Jesus being applied to their souls, what must not Mary's children do to hinder this calamity? Let us then daily pray that God may raise many missionaries who will go into heathen lands and baptize the poor children of the savages. Let us be Mary's missionaries ourselves in our own land and go into the houses of the poor and see if their children are baptized. What a blessing it would be if we interested ourselves more in the poor. How many simple, nay, innocent people we find who know nothing of the Catholic faith, who, though they may not always be ready to be instructed themselves, are quite willing that their children should be baptized and will allow them to be instructed and to attend the Catholic schools. England would soon be Catholic if people interested themselves in the work of conversion. And surely it is as needful in our own country as in any heathen land. The people here are as woefully ignorant of the truths of religion. In one sense also, the regaining of England to the faith would seem a thing more pleasing to God than the conversion of a barbarous nation. The people are ripe for conversion, and the time of those who can give it would be well employed in conversation, familiar conversation, upon the truths of religion with the simple ignorant poor, not so much in the way of argument as in simply putting before them the truths of the Catholic faith. Let us give good example. Let us pray. Let us give an answer to those around us of the hope that is in us. And soon, very soon, we shall see the good effects. The fields are white for the harvest. Come then and labor. Come, the voice of God calls you. The harvest indeed is ready, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he send forth laborers into the harvest. Chapter 4 This was the prayer of the heart of Jesus. Think of it. Meditate upon it. Offer it. Unite your own desires with the desires of the Sacred Heart and pray the one especial prayer it has asked of you. Pray that there may soon come those noble servants of Mary whom the saints have foretold are to do such great work for the church. Pray for those who are to renew Mary's life on earth and draw renewed mercy from God's glorious throne. You can make no better prayer, if you wish to save souls, than to ask for saints, saints formed by Mary. It was Mary, first of all, who brought us this mercy, the greatest mercy God could show us, 
and wooed the Son of God from his repose in the bosom of the Father to commence his life of suffering and labor upon this sinful earth. Ever will it be thus. Surely we need great mercy in the present age. Souls are steeped and sunk in sin. Souls who were once beautiful, beautiful by the grace derived from the sacraments of Holy Church. Fearful are the temptations now attacking all who are striving to serve God. Those are more terribly attacked who best are serving God. Sad indeed it is to see so many sinking in these temptations. Think of them, I pray you, you who are devoted to the work of saving souls. Pray that those who are now dying outside of the church, Mother Church, that had one time bestowed with such a liberal hand wondrous gifts upon them, may even at their last hour be reconciled to her and die within her bosom and thus hinder from being lost forever those wonderful graces they have received. Graces most precious because earned for these souls by the precious blood of Jesus. What will best obtain from the mercy of God the gift of His Holy Spirit for these poor deluded souls? God's greatest mercy was shown by Mary, and if in the present age we have need to implore God not to take vengeance on our manifold offenses, but to have pity, to have mercy, and to give us help in this time of need, then let us turn our eyes to Mary. Let us take refuge in her mother's heart, that we may not fall as others have fallen. And likewise, let us unite our own poor prayers and desires with the grand prayer and desire of the mother of the church. Let us labor in that harvest field that produced the bread of life, the heart of Mary. Let us labor in the vineyard that produced the immortal wine of the elect, the precious blood of Jesus. O Mother of Christ, Mother of Christ's children, at this time of need thy children turn to thee and cry aloud. We are tempted and sorely tried. Do then have pity upon us. Help us and assist us. And our Mother's voice will answer us, and a message from heaven will direct us. Our Mother, opening her breast, will discover to us the heart that is burning and beating with love for the human race, and pointing to that sweet motherly heart, will call to us, saying, Come to me all. I am your mother. Happy those who listen to her voice and attach themselves to that heart as to a secure anchor. Happy those who enter into Mary as into the ark of Noah. The waters of the deluge of sin which drown so great a portion of the world, shall do no harm to them. To you, then, who have been touched by God's Spirit to desire to save your fellow creatures, I would remind you that your desire is not so great as Mary's. And remember, if while reading this little work you have felt a desire rise within you to assist those in their death agony and thus save souls, Remember, I repeat, it was the voice of God whispering to you. And I entreat you not to neglect that inspiration of the Holy Ghost. If you would ensure it's not being lost, commend it to Mary. This has been taken from Devotion for the Dying, 
Mary's Call to Her Loving Children by Venerable Mother Mary Potter. Published by Tan Books. For more information, call 1-800-437-5876 or find them on the web at www.tanbooks.com. This work is in the public domain.